do what you say, say what you do, and your life is much more easier. Don't escape from the, from the difficulties because people are knowing. Don't escape from the victories because people are knowing. Just be uh, direct. Hi, I'm Frank Bournois, Professor of Management and the Dean of the SCP Business School. Together in the uh, Choice Makers, we will be meeting leaders who embody and incarnate unique leadership styles with a shared conviction that the business world must nourish society. Hello, everyone. This is a, a new episode of uh, Frankly Speaking, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with a woman, a lady CEO, who is uh, not only um, a role model in the sector, but also um, an alumni of um, an alumna of ESCP, and um, with a, a, a quite a, an outstanding uh, career. Hello, Caroline Parot. Hello, uh, how are you? Welcome to <laughs> Thank uh, you. this uh, program. Uh, we are very glad um, to to have you. I will say Caroline, maybe to be a little bit more. Um, um, uh, English in terms of, um, of of usage, and 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 you are currently the uh, CEO of um, Europe Car Mobility Group. And um, just as an intro, w- would you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came and how you made it, uh, what path you followed, maybe that has brought you to this uh, very visible uh, <laughs> position today. Uh, my background is. Uh, uh, Probably classical and non-classical. Uh, I started in finance after the school uh, audit, uh, just to discover what uh, what is the world, what is an, a company. Considering that I will come back to my studies because I was doing mathematics as well, and I wanted to do for more teaching uh, economics. And I think, uh, unless I'm wrong, that uh, you attended uh, 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 mathematics and econometrics at uh, Pantheon Sorbonne, yeah. Yes, which is a good partner of uh, ESCP. I know school. that as well. And and, and and then I go for ESCP. So considering the, the, the story and what I want to do in the economics, I wanted absolutely to have a more financial background about what is a company, how it works, what is a business model. So that's why I came and joined ESCP. And then after I came to audit company just to learn. And the idea was to come back uh, really in the teaching. And finally, life made me rediscover that uh, I was enjoying working for companies, looking at companies, advising them, uh, and after a couple of years, jumping on the other side, so being really with the teams and uh, preparing the future of companies, still in finance background. Finance is fantastic because it helps you to to discover the business. You have a global view of what is happening, and uh, you understand uh, uh, the markets, you understand the business model, you understand uh, the drives of the company. And progressively, from finance to finance, you, you grow yourself, and you are able, depending on the company, to to do some more business support. And from business support, there's just small steps to go to the business. And depending on how lucky you are, how curious you are, you can jump on the other side and uh, joining Europe Car I was in finance, but the company is service company. So it's something that I was loving, uh, discussing about the service, discussing about the customer. And I enlarged my responsibility and from various, uh, re- for various reasons, I became CEO after five years within the group because I was a general manager in charge of finance and other things. 
Maybe it's, it's fascinating to uh, listen to you and to, um, to, to, to see that passion, to hear that passion about uh, the customer, the client. And uh, although you were in a, a financial position originally, maybe this is a difficult question for you, but it can be yes or no. Um, w would you say that uh, at the very heart of yourself, you, you knew a long time ago that you would be a general manager or you didn't know and you, maybe you thought you would always be in finance? I did not know at all. Uh, uh, but I did not know at all that I would love finance as well. Ah. So uh, 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 finance uh, uh, helped me to learn a lot of things. Uh, I was not thinking uh, I will stay in finance, but I will come back in uh, something which will be more economics and the business model. And then uh, with finance, progressively, I learned by chance, huh, because I was in companies which were pushing finance people to become business partners, and you were you were not an accountant nor a, a, a reporting guy. You were really uh, pushing the business model and helping as a business partner the real story. And those experiences, I had the chance to have them with different managers, and I was in companies which were pushing finance people in the business side. And Obviously, when you are coming from finance to business, you look at something which is a little bit different, not only the business processes and the, the go-to-market and the strategy, but you know exactly how to compute that directly and how it has an impact in the, in the end of your P&L. So many P&L people are not finance, but they have to learn between what they do to go to the P&L. Finance people are coming from the other angle of view, so it's less obvious, except if you like the customer, the business and the business model. But It's a way to jump. Yes. It's also a question sometimes of um, uh, uh, what is fascinating listening to you again is that we feel a lot of passion. We, we'll come back for, on, on that. We feel a lot of uh, adaptability. You, and uh, If you don't like being in your business, you can be bright, you can be uh, whatever. If you don't like what you're doing, the likelihood that you are missing totally what are the signals, what are the transformation, how to, 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 to revisit things is really nil. So if you are just uh, a technical manager which thinks every business are the same and you don't feel passion for what you are doing, when you are in difficult times, Yes. Forget it. And you will be a dull person and people, and you will be lacking drive, which is not at all what you are expressing today. What uh, I like very much in your um, description of the, of the sector uh, uh, is that we see that the CEO, uh, you said it, with, with, with teams, of course, can have a, a, a significant um, impact on, uh, um, on, on the sector itself. It's, um, it's a sector... Uh, where you were not probably originally thinking very early as uh, being the CEO of that uh, company, because I read somewhere, maybe I'm mistaken, that you uh, took your driving license at the age of uh, 33, and, and now you, you, you are uh, masterfully uh, speaking about, um, uh, uh, of course, transport and, uh, and, 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 and cars and automobile uh, use um, a, a, a everywhere. Um, may maybe there is a question that um, is a um, uh, uh, straightforward one uh, how difficult is it for a woman to be uh, in that sector which uh, for years and decades has been presented maybe as a male 
uh, activity. That, yeah. that must be, a, that's a little bit indiscreet, but no, uh, no, no, that, 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 that's interesting. When I joined the company, uh, it was called Europe Car. I was knowing it was Carental, obviously, but I was genuinely thinking that it was a service company. And when I arrived, you're right, I discovered that uh, it, it was a world that because they were cars and it was 10 years ago, but it was following the last, uh, the, the, the last 20 years where the cars were so important. So the cars was at the center of the company. When I was having the feeling I was joining a service company. So being a woman in that, immediately I told them, I don't care about your cars. I do care because we need to purchase them. But for me, the cars is not our job. The, 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 the service is our job. And I think that being a woman, uh, they were probably uh, uh, considering that it was a little bit strange. But finally, because I was a woman, it was, it was probably helping also to pass on the message. Uh, and very, very quickly, But with the management team that we were at that time, we said, okay, cars is an essential part of what we have to do in the sourcing, in the what. But cars is not our job. We are not OEM. So we parked them and we rebuilt a story which is about customer, customer centricity, services. Uh, services. There was no uh, chief commercial officer when I joined 10 years ago. So we have rebuilt the uh, commercial commercial the companies. We have the marketing one. But being a woman is probably, uh, or being a manager, but being a woman is probably to be able to pass on other messages in a different way. But anyway, it was our conviction that we have to get rid of the cars mentality, but to go for the service one. I'm a manager with conviction. Uh, perhaps being a woman, you can do in another way, but I'm not sure being a woman was changing the, the game. It, my, my, my real feeling was that a, a service company is a service company. But when you pose it and you tell it and you say it day after day, and then you implement that you push on the side the people which are looking at the float, fleet, not saying that it is not important, but saying it is important, but it is not 100% of our discussion. The discussion is here. And then you say, but it is my view and I'm doing it. It's probably making this shift progressively. You also are known, uh, Caroline, uh, as being uh, in management, uh, somebody like being a, a very good crisis management specialist. And I think that in that regard, you have been very well served. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I must admit that... Uh, uh, I'm known. I'm not sure. I'm known for that, but uh, I have had to experience it. Uh, uh, and you don't choose this kind of situation, obviously. Uh, and uh, crisis management uh, is crisis is coming to you. The real key question is: Are you looking at the crisis and saying, "Oh my God," and starting starting to to pose yourself and to say what we are going to do, or are you considering that this is it? You face it and you consider that the company your, or your company, your business unit or whatever you are doing deserve uh, uh, the, the fact that you need to fight to, to, to overcome the situation. And I think that the, the crisis, when it comes to you, either you decide you will, you will win over the crisis, whatever will be the development, either you, 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 you are on the side and, and you die with the crisis. Uh, and I am a kind of person which consider the crisis, the crisis is coming, okay. And then you look at your asset and you look at what you are doing and say, is it our fault? Do we deserve that? No, or yes, depending on what it is. So what do we do? And when you consider that you are leading a company uh, which is uh, in the middle of a big turmoil but has nothing to do with the turmoil or has something to do but can clear it, 
but then you see your vision and you see that your industry is in something that could go on after and could even do better or change things, then you start to say, okay, so we are not going to die, we are not going to fall, we are going just to either survive and then transform, either win the story. And then you tell your team, okay, it's a pain, it's a shit, but we are here, we are not going to, to die, and we are going to do that and that and that. And then finally people considering that, okay, you are in a bad moment, but there's a life after the bad moment, then the energy is coming back immediately because first there's a shock and then they consider that if you have the vision and then in, on a very small things you can tell them, mobility, for example, is something that our customers, the next customer will need uh, in the post-COVID world and you are in the middle of uh, your, your revenue is falling by 70% in three weeks, the teams are looking at you saying, we are going to die. Say, no, no, after the crisis, there will be something. So we fight to survive. And then you are on the next stage. So there is something else which uh, seems to me very strong, and um, you, you've used uh, since the beginning of this interview several times um, the notion of vision, the notion of execution, and and and, and I think that you have w something which is very typical of um, of um, of a smart um, of smart leadership, which is uh, the helicopter view. It's as if you 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 have the overall picture, as you were saying, with vision. But you seem to be very, very close also to what's happening uh, levels down in the organization. And you have that ability, it seems to me, when I'm listening to you and you're talking about energy, you're talking about drive, that uh, you managed to do the two uh, with, with, with some ability that uh, not everybody has. Thank you. It seems, yeah. Although helicopter is not automobile. Uh. Yeah, yeah. But but you know that here the finance background helps also a lot because when you you start your career in finance and when you start on even audit firms and so on, you start to learn from the bottom. So uh, you you start to build your vision, uh, and you are able to go uh, at the low level while you have been educated to go for something which is much more long-term. And, and fundamentally, uh, the beginning of my, of my career helped me a lot to, to look at the details because it was <laughs> the job. But uh, we were also exposed in the audit with uh, also directly to COMEX and directly to discuss with uh, in the advising uh, sorry. So very quickly in your education at the early stage of your career, you are uh, managing the two. And if you have the chance to continue to manage the two, Uh, uh, your interest is obviously how strategically you position your job, uh, what it could be the vision. And when you are leading a group anyway, your job is not to look at the details daily, but your job is to position and to go for the next 5, 10, 20 years. And we have done an exercise of 20 years. What could be the world in the mobility in 20 years? And then how come back at here and then to go to reality? Uh, and in, that, in this type of company, when you know the, when you don't know the, 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 the starting point, you can have the best vision in life. If you are not able to go for the starting point to the step of execution, you are nowhere. So anyway, if you want to be successful, you need to have both yourself or with your team. But you cannot have a vision if you don't know the starting point and how to go step by step and to build the step. So. I have been uh, exposed to the two universes, I'm probably making the synthesis, but my team is helping a lot hein, because obviously I have structured teams to be able to, to be with me uh, uh, on, on those level of details. Now, Carental is a very penny business. Hein? The, the margin is insane. So even uh, in large uh, companies like us, Comex are discussing of things, but 
sometimes we are discussing a, a euro per unit because when you have a 100 million, 100 million of days, even 10 cents is 10 million of EBITDA. So it means that the, 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 the nature of our business anyway forced uh, people to be in that CEO vision, but also to discuss uh, the performance of, uh, of the daily. And people which are not able to have those two positions are very quickly lost at management layer because either they don't like to be in the details, but the job is service details. So you, you, you are not effective in the way you run the story. And if you are only on the, uh, on the, on the daily effective, you are totally missing the fast evolving change that we are facing in all the service industry because digital since 10 years is making uh, the transformation everywhere. And if you are not able to project yourself on what is digital for the future, you can have the best daily execution, you are dead as well. So this is this, uh, probably by chance, huh? I have been exposed in a company where I have no other choice than to look, or companies that I have no other choice to look at the near future and the long future, but uh, the transformation is a daily view that you cannot miss. Where would you uh, like to tell our listeners that... Um Uh, where are we going to precisely 10 years from now or whatever? What, what are going to be the bigger, major changes that you see? Alors, the major changes is not 10 years, it's uh, nearly after tomorrow, if not yesterday, is that uh, uh, in our mobility industry, like many others, your smartphone is the entry point, is your windows as a shop. So having everything in your smartphone to take a car, to take a whatever, uh, is the new standard. Uh, the difficulty of that is that customers want to have in the smartphone the choice, uh, the capacity to open a car, the, to do everything. Uh, from a pure uh, uh, car rental standpoint, it's a little bit difficult because you need to connect all your cars. All the OEMs have not the connectivity yet done, so you need to build a platform for the connectivity. We are on it. We, we have done something with Stellantis, for example, which is working very well, but all the OEMs are not at the same stage. So you cannot be fully digital on this part, but in the next two years we will be. But more importantly, the customer journey with a smartphone, uh, open a car with a, uh, the car with a smartphone, we do it. The real key question is how to transpose the customer experience from a smartphone with a real business model, because a car is a very specific uh, asset where uh, uh, when you open the car, uh, you can have a security issue. When you drive a car, you can have a security issue. You have also all the accident and damages, which are complex. So it's not that we are not able uh, to do the tech, the tech. We need also to slightly change the business model to cope with a better customer journey. So for us, it is really uh, the way the mobility will, will be in the next five years, not 10 years, but progressively segment by segment, having only a digital uh, access to the cars. The key question is where will be the cars, how you will put the cars in the street or in parking, how you will open the cars and the parkings. But the revolution for us is only on digital, so uh, stationless. Uh, and you will have uh, only uh, some places where in case of big issues, you can come and you will have digital uh, call centers to help you when you are in difficulty. So it seems, uh, listening to you, that um, in, in your uh, ecosystem, of course, you must be looking very much at companies in the tech, uh, also maybe uh, watching and monitoring what your uh, direct um, competitors um, 
do and probably also what uh, customers expect? Customer expectations, because we don't invent tech, but we aggregate several uh, part of the tech uh, license, driving license recognition, your picture, uh, 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 cars recognitions, uh, insurance setup. So, so you, you need to join many, many, many pieces of the service together to make the full service. So obviously, we are working with many companies. So the driving recognition is made by uh, a firm which is well known in Europe. Uh, how, to, uh, how to open a car if it is not directly with the manufacturers, it is a smartphone which is doing it. So the key question for us is to aggregate many, uh, many different techs in uh, one single journey. So it means that you need to have an infrastructure. So you need to have a platform which is helping you to drive the various pieces of the business. So innovation in service company is more to how to make your service fully available with many small pieces that the customer won't see it is an issue. Yes, yes. I am not a payment transparent. I'm not a payment provider, but I need to integrate the payments in the system. So we need an Uber, for example, did something which was very fantastic. They put everything on the, on the smartphone in a way that the customer is very happy. Obviously, as Uber is not having the cars nor the drivers, their life is easier because uh, the driver is taking care of the car. For me, it is my customer which, is have to, which has to take care of the cars, which has to come back with the car. So it's a little bit different. But the standard is here. Now we need to aggregate everything to be sure that the customer is fully digital. And a big portion of the population, because here in Paris or in the big cities, we do, we do believe that everything is with a smartphone. In reality, today... People are still calling, 15% of my revenue, and people are coming at the station saying, I need help. So there's a will to go for digital, and we will go, but there's still a big portion of the population which is not totally yet there, and we need to manage the two in parallel, which is sometimes schizophrenic. Yes, it's a but managing change, and I suppose all of this also uh, with... Uh a lot of legal and insurance uh, constraints. And legal, <laughs> GDPR, so you need to click, 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 click on the button that uh, you agree that you give your, uh, your data because I need the data of a, a driver to be able to drive my business because I have the responsibility to be sure that you have uh, your driving license. So if you, I don't have your driving license stored and recorded up front, I cannot be sure that you are uh, this guy. So this is all those stuff. And here, Europe, uh, we were discussing before, is a little bit complex because we have global processes, but none of the countries in Europe are having the same way of uh, looking at a driving license, looking at identity, and the way the GDPR setup is made. We all think it is the same, but by country... It's, it's not a little totally harmonized uh, uh, no. yet. So... Europe is fantastic, but compared to the US, for example, it is, the US is a smaller market, but in Europe, you have much more complexity. So even harmonizing uh, a, a, a customer journey worldwide in Europe uh, is sometimes a little bit difficult. And because we are European, we play with this uh, difficulty, so we know how to manage it, but sometimes we, we, we are okay with the difficulty. When we look at US companies, they don't care. They came with one single progress process and they say, we will see later on. So this is here that uh, we need to be brave to, to go for standardization in Europe while uh, discussing with our local authorities to say, guys, if you don't allow that, uh, for me, it's not a European business. So 
we are moving quite fast with uh, our uh, industry. Uh, but it is also the role of leaders to, to go with uh, uh, European uh, uh, instances to discuss, to express, and to go national play. So this is a balance which makes our life a little bit more complex, but in innovation in Europe, it's more complex than in the US. Uh, and I'm, I'm asking something which must be also one of your concerns, which is environment, sustainable, environment, sustainability. Uh, do, do, you, do, you, do you have that also? Not all customers are uh, green orientated or um, how, how do you see it? Because I, I was reading somewhere also that uh, a lot of your... Um, of your uh, cars were getting more and more CO2 light. And, Alors, uh, we first, uh, as, uh, as a car rental, we are green with our name. So we want to, to, to keep this green at the core of what we are doing, obviously. Uh, and because we are purchasing new cars, we have always the best carbon footprint of the last uh, of the last cars being developed. Now to go further, uh, uh, EV car or electrified car are obviously uh, the next developments. Here, uh, this is our intentions to go very fast, but there's a but. The cars are still not having the autonomous level. Uh, which is fully appropriate for all the use cases of the customers. So uh, uh, when we look at the reality, uh, uh, you want to go in a weekend, uh, you will never today uh, book for an EV cars because you don't want to, to be uh, in the middle of nowhere waiting for three hours that your, your car is being recharged. And even though you think that, you, even though there's much more autonomy that you think mentally, You are not used to this kind of computation because you don't know where will be the next plug. So customers for the small uh, days don't take that. So even if they all think that it is good, they don't buy it. When we look at what is happening in the cities and in the proximity business or in the professional segments where it is much more controlled, even on the van and trucks, Here, we see that there are more appetite uh, on that. So we are able to display more EV cars in cities, EV cars with SMEs or EV, uh, EV van and trucks because for professionals, they know exactly and they know to plan and they know that at the end of the day, they are able to do things. So that's why we are pushing more for, for this professional and proximity view for the time being because the leisure... Um, The leisure segments are less obvious for now on. It will come, but it's a question of education. Uh, and I think that in three years, this will be covered. And the plan we do have is that, obviously, we want to connect all our EV cars with the, with the customers. We are blocked today with the infrastructure network. Uh, everybody's discussing with EV. Uh, EV infrastructure uh, in some European countries is not deployed at all. So uh, you, here in this business, in this building, as we speak, the HQ of the group, uh, uh, the, we have uh, only 15 uh, uh, plug for EV cars when this building has been re redone uh, five years ago and it is an HQE uh, building and only 15 plugs. So we like it or not, the, the EV mindset will dramatically change the way we are looking at infrastructure and it is not done yet. Some countries are progressing faster than us, the Nordics more than us. France is probably late uh, uh, on that. We, we see the catch-up, but there's massive investments to be able to charge. This is very interesting because you, you've just... Um Put your finger on something I didn't uh, re even realize. You were saying that uh, EV cars maybe were more um, used as such by, by professionals and uh, 
Uh, that's ca almost counterintuitive what you're saying. And yes, that's very, but, very but business people are planning. So uh, when you are uh, in a company, uh, you know that your employees or your people will go from eight to, to nine, uh, eight to eight. You know that they will do X kilometers. So you are able to organize yourself. When you are an individual, more uncertainty, more uncertainty, freedom and uh, leisure. You don't want leisure is vacation, so you don't want to avail yourself. Uh, Caroline, we're coming uh, close to a cl conclusion very soon, and uh, time is flying, and uh, we could go on and on. Just maybe um, two uh, questions to, um, to 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 finalize. Um, um, what you're saying here would be, uh, of course, very good for for students to uh, listen to. If there was um, one thing that uh, you would like to teach uh, in in a, in a business school, or that you would like to teach in a school of engineering, and uh, um, what, what what would would what is it that it would be, and that you would like to to teach? I think that I would like to teach, or at least to share experience about people management. Uh, 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 companies are, are, are making products, are making services, uh, and you are learning about marketing strategy, vision. We are learning about many things on what is a company. The most difficult things is to, to take care of, uh, of people. And the most difficult thing that you don't learn totally is about people management. Uh, and people management is not your direct team. Uh, obviously, you need to manage and, and structure your direct team. But a company is made of many people at many levels. And you need to engage all your companies or all your people in good times and in bad times. And uh, engagement people, communication, ex uh, discussion with a large group of, of persons is something that I, I do believe we are not totally familiar and we are not totally trained. You, uh, uh, but we need to have that in mind. And today, uh, historically, when you were, uh, when I started to, to work, uh, it was cascading. So you were uh, gathered in a room uh, and your manager uh, were having a call conference uh, to, to see what are the key messages. And the, the manager was in the, in the room and you were listening. Today, with all the, 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 the modern uh, communication tools, uh, the, the, the internal Facebook or whatever, uh, everything is known by everybody. So as a company leader, if I'm doing something uh, uh, tomorrow morning or if I'm doing a newspaper, immediately all the people of the group are aware of the CEO have done something, their manager have done something. So every, everything is known permanently and if people want to track you. So the way you have to communicate to, to engage your people is totally different because they knew Uh, they know before uh, you, you have been able to, to discuss with them. So we need to change our way to interacting uh, internally, externally. Uh, we need to, 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 to be more direct with the people and uh, things are evolving very fast. So uh, uh, you, you see, this is something that it is a discussion. There's several experiences and there's also uh, uh, each company which is reinventing its way to engage people. You, you see some convergence on how we are now directly from CEO to the bottom discussing with people and directly I'm, uh, I'm, make, I'm doing live streaming uh, to, to express to everyone. But when you are discussing with corporate people, with your people at the station, your message should be adapted. So the real key question that depending on where, what is your company is really how to engage your full company in a world where the information is available instantaneously. And when you are a listed company, people are looking at your share price every day. So everybody is having a view on what is their company. And you need to be here to re-engage them in your, in your program and give them a vision 
independently, but in conjunction with what they are listening from the outside. So this is this exercise. It is really, I think, new since 10 years. Yes. And that we are not totally uh, 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 trained to do. So you need to, to think twice. And I think this is a discussion that you need to have in mind because what is important is how to communicate to your people. And usually what you are doing with your people is also in parallel of what you are doing with your customers because those two things are converging heavily. So this is something which is probably, I was not trained to that. Uh, I'm not discovering because uh, I move it, I move with it. But this is something that I think is a field that we need to, to, to revisit because engagement of people is critical in transformation, uh, is critical when companies have difficulties. And if you don't engage your people and your customers in the same times, you can be nowhere very quickly. I, I, I was saying I was going to ask a, a second question, but I won't because you have already answered. I was going to ask, what is your tip for, for, for people, for managers, for, for leaders, your conviction? And you're saying that engagement um, of, of others is key, not just employees, but also uh, stakeholders, customers. And, and, and of course, um, what I get very much from um, all that you said is this has to be done um, with authenticity. Yes. If, I don't know how it was 20 years ago, but if you are not authentic, people discover nearly immediately. They find out because... Uh, they look at you internally. A CEO or management team are very exposed to their team. So if you say something externally that you have not managed internally, they will see the disconnection between what is your speech uh, in whatever uh, forum versus what you are doing internally. And if you are saying internally something which anyway you are not able to expose outside, people are wondering why as well. So authenticity, Perhaps people can can think differently, but we are the world is so transparent that if you don't do what you think, and if you say the, the reverse, and, and you don't behave as you are saying that you are you are behaving, either internally, either externally, uh, something is happening. So authenticity is probably a word, but I think that if you do run a company anyway, do what you say, say what you do, and your life is much more easier. Don't escape from the from the difficulties because people are knowing. Don't escape from the victories because people are knowing. Just be uh, direct because people know everything before yourself. When they have an issue in the business, the time it's coming to the CEO could be even they know before you. So and, and, and so you need to, and, and if you want to have a transformation to go on. They need to understand what is a transformation. Obviously, several layers are different, so you cannot explain the complexity to everyone the same way. But if you know that the job are changing, if you know that you are going to have less station, anyway, they know. Mm. So if you escape because you don't want, blah, 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 it's not a point. So the, the question is how people are going to trust, even if they don't like mm. it. Uh, the trust is important, and the trust with the customer is important. In our, in our, in our industry, it's very difficult. Uh, but the trust also with your people. If they don't trust you, uh, you can say whatever you want. They don't. They won't execute. So you were discussing about execution. Execution is about people that are going to execute because they trust that it is the right things. If you do a super nice plan, you have a plan of execution, but people are not trusting it. They won't execute, and you will discover too late. So this is this. The communication should. should, should it was true before. But in the world where everything is visible, it is even more true. 
Well, uh, thank you for those uh, very good words. And um, you're saying indeed that uh, a good leader doesn't have to know everything. He has to articulate, orchestrate all of this. And uh, we could listen on to you for uh, four hours. Um, um, uh, Caroline, thank you very much for this uh, wonderful um, interview. Uh, listeners who may be uh, passionate about what you're doing and what you're saying, where is it that they would uh, be able to follow you? LinkedIn. Uh, Very good. Is uh, where, where, where we, my name or the company, and we are communicating on LinkedIn. I'm sure that many of them are going to be um, uh, looking for um, your um, your messages and, um, and 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 ideas. Thank you um, very much um, again. That brings us to to the end of a thank very, you very nice, much. Huh? Thank you very, very pleasant much. interview, and thank you for uh, hosting us at. Uh, Europe Car Mobility Group. Thank you uh, to you and uh, I'm happy to come back with the students uh, if they have questions. Thank you. This is already the end of this episode and I sincerely thank you for listening and I hope that this exchange has inspired and nourished you intellectually. If so, do share it with others. For more insights, don't hesitate to follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Take care, and I'm looking forward to you joining our next meetings with leaders.